Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, Internet? You're listening to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. Where we talk geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, the anti-trife equation, Bobby Filet, Hollywood Hameen, the Beverly Trillbilly, Soldier 70 Spliff, Dr. Who's Man Sis, a future herald of Galactus, and my personal favorite right now, the Count of Crown Wakanda. That's fire. Thank you. Thank you very much. A little bit of a pause right there. You know, y'all had to take all that extraness in. But that's right. You're listening to Fan Bros Show, Voice of the Urban Geek. And let me introduce my co-host. Tatiana King-Jones, the Grandesha's of Tech, also known as Flex Luthor, Deuce Piccolo, Chance the Parapper, Gin and Juice Urso, Misty Knight Rider, and Colleen Wingstop. <laughs> <laughs> that one gets me every damn time. The Wingstop one? Yeah, no matter how many times we do this show, Colleen Wingstop gets me every time. Lemon pepper wet. Lemon pepper wet. <laughs> Not the lemon pepper wet. Yo, and I hooked you up with a little of that blue cheese sauce, too, though. And I mean, like, what? Yo, when he grabs his heart. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Atlanta season two. That shit's been finna be amazing. Oh, oh my Drops God. Drops in March. Yes, yes. Cannot wait for that. But like we said, you're listening to Fan Bro Show. You know, thank you to everybody out there, all our new listeners, all the new subscribers, everyone, you know, from the old to the new. We love you all. It is a beautiful week. I mean, you know, this is the week, folks. Like, we've been waiting. We've been yeah. waiting. As quoted in the New York Times this week, uh, 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 let me just quote <laughs> off right there. That's right. You know, if you picked up the Sunday edition of the New York Times, you might have found a little quote from your boy DJ Ben. I mean, a fan bro show. You know, speaking about Black Panther, Crown Wakanda, everything coming up, and like I said in there, you know, I've been waiting for this moment all my life, pretty much, and here we are this week. Black Panther drops. Crown Wakanda is here. Yo. Oh. I oh I've we already I know some people are really mad at it because they could not get a ticket and they're like, why you guys still promoting this? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but you, we gotta let the world know what we are doing here. Uh, because it's important. And and as Ben said, the Crown Wakanda really project and initiative is on the way. It's actually already started because it's more than just this screening that we're doing on Thursday, February 15th. It encompasses education and empowerment. So we have many different partners, uh, Black Girl Nerds, Universal Fan Con, Loudspeakers Network. The other big partner we have is Brooklyn NAACP. And through the Brooklyn NAACP, we've created a Crown Wakanda curriculum. And in that, we're teaching STEM concepts mixed in with some Afrofuturism and information that they're going to learn when they see the Black Panther film and learn how to create their own cities, how to uh, be engineers and how to be architects and all sorts of things. We're mixing all of this into uh, an initiative that we hope to extend through February, through March, 
And if you donate to our Crown Wakanda GoFundMe campaign, you will help us extend it throughout the rest of the year. Uh, this is a really, really big project close to our hearts. Um, it's something that, that's been in my mind for over a year. And to see so much of it coming to fruition already, I'm just um, kind of beside myself, but, I, I, but, but in a great way. Uh, today actually marked the first the first phase of it, uh, we did our Weeksville Heritage Tour and Youth Screening with the Brooklyn NAACP uh, this afternoon, Ben. So what we did was we took a bunch of youth to Weeksville, which is one of the first free Black communities in America. And a lot of mm. people don't know it exists. I didn't know it exists, but it, it it's in what's, what's considered Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Um, and it, it was just really incredible to see that. Yeah, it's a it's this city, if you will, that we didn't even know existed that was right in the heart of Brooklyn, what is now Brooklyn. And the fact that it was a free black community, meaning it like they had their own churches and stores and all sorts of stuff for free black people. So mm. to and we got to walk in the, the houses and see how people were living in the 1800s. And it, it, it's incredible. So we want to replicate that again for more youth, for more people in the community. And we also want them to see Black Panther because uh, on February 16th, the next day, we are going to have a free screening for the youth. They're going to get free popcorn, free soda, and they're also going to see it. Um, and it's I'm just so pleased. I'm just so happy and so proud of everyone who's come together to help us with this initiative. And thank you everyone for who supported us. No, for real. I mean, it's just so amazing. Like, I wish I could have been there for that workshop because I just wish I could have seen the looks on the kids' faces. <laughs> I cannot wait. Like I like I keep saying, I've been so hyped for Crown Wakanda, you know, our Thursday night screening. But the Friday afternoon screening for the kids, like, that's what I'm even more hyped about because I cannot wait to see these little kids come up out of that theater. Mm -hmm. Big shout-outs to Disney. Big shout-outs to Funko. I mean, yo, yo, straight up and down, y'all, this is beyond, like, love. I'm going to buy any dope Funko Pop from now on. Yeah. Because Funko has come through for our kids' screening. Every kid there is getting a Funko Pop. I mean, I, I just can't believe the love we're getting from this, from all the different people, all aspects, all sectors. It's just amazing. And I talked about it last week, but if you've seen the merchandise that's coming out for Black Panther, like especially from Disney, it's so crazy. And I know this sounds like a commercial, but I just mean that from the bottom <laughs> of my heart because I've just been blown away by it. Like, you know, not like usually I don't even like what Disney does. I'll go buy like some other people's, you know, versions of the superheroes. But what they've done for Black Panther is really dope, like dope, dope stuff. So I'm just so happy, so hyped. I mean, and then, you know, the what Black Panther means to me hashtag this week, just Lord, like it's, it's. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Shouts out to Black Girl Nerds for that hashtag. Yes. Uh, that's uh, Marie Gisela, right? Who created that hashtag, I think. I probably butchered her name. If I did, I apologize. But you know how we do over here. But yeah, it's just been so <laughs> much love for Black Panther. It's been so, you know, amazing, you know, seeing everybody's feelings about this movie. But, you know, folks, as always, with this love, there's always hate. You know, and there's just something I got to mm -hmm. talk about real quick because I see it boiling up again this week. You know, last year, I think a couple of years ago, there was this huge thing called Gamergate 
which was a bunch of uh, yeah, which was a bunch of people who claimed to be upset with ex- ethics in journalism, but were actually just using that as a disguise to be racist, sexist, and every other you know nonsense that there is out there. Mm-hmm, so now we mm-hmm. have this new thing, Comicsgate, which is once again you know led by a bunch of people who claim to be about family values in comics and you know wanting things that are wholesome for their family and like one guy told me today you know I don't want that cussing in the comics that you recommended and but at the same time have used this comics date to sit there and attack creators who have anything to say against diversity because for a lot of people don't understand like recently this one comic artist uh, Ethan Van Stryver got fired from DC because basically he's a strumbag and he's been a strumbag mm-hmm. for years and people put up with his bullshit because he's a talented artist. But, you know, finally he got called on it and now it's like, oh, sorry, you know, but now, you right. know, this subset of people are quite mad about this. So they're running out, you know, they got their little comic state hashtag. They're attacking people. They've got a whole list of comics that they say, don't buy from these creators. You know, we're going to boycott them and, t- and show them where it hurts. You know, we're going to take the money out of their mouths. And all I, this. I'm, I'm telling you, this is all this. I mean, not that the, the whole co- gate stuff happened no. well before this ninja in, in office right now, but I'm telling you, this Trumpism is just running you know, it's, like it, it, it's like you know like i have to stop myself from saying this on twitter damn near every day because i don't want to come off as a racist you know and i don't want to come off as a sexist but yo men shut the fuck up like it's so real out here right now like i don't want to hear shit from a, like especially white men no offense like this week i don't want to hear nothing from no like uh, it's nothing. offense because if you're a white man that's not doing these things, then we're not talking to you anyway. Yeah. And we're if you're talking a white to man, the white man that it applies to. I said before, the 19th, that Monday, I'm going to start using a certain word that is in Black Panther to apply to a lot of people. I'm waiting because I don't want it to be a spoiler. <laughs> but when I start saying that to y'all, recognize what I mean. Because, you know, it's like, that's what I mean. There's to be no more time for this anymore. I'm drawing lines in the sand. Like, you know, my mentions have been blown up all day, all weekend over this nonsense. There's this one account, you know, who wants to run off of their mouth and get their little followers hyped up. But it's a bunch of people who are basically, you know, 200, 300 followers. Like, you know, nonsense. People who have nothing to say. You know, running their mouths off at me all day. And it's like, yo, I don't have time for it. Because Black Panther's dropping. We are living in the age of you know greatness luke cage season two is on the way you know the even if i didn't enjoy it that much we had um cloverfield dropped this weekend you know directed by a woman you know with a you know black woman lead a black male lead like the times have changed like you can't go back there's none of this you know backtracking you know make comics great make america great like that's one thing america does go on a pendulum you know you got your little thing with trump but it's going to go back to the way it should be because people are seeing that that bullshit ain't working right you know and that bullshit y'all selling ain't working either like it's done it's over you know, get over yourselves. Like, don't, and don't come at me. Cause if you come at me, we gonna, you know, we gonna see. But don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Go watch Black Panther and learn something. Ben oh I'm, my God. Ben I mean, said, run up when you see me, then we gonna see. 
Yeah, I mean it. You, you know? got that fire in your soul today, and, my and God. That's the thing. Like, like this one account, I don't even want to give him any credit, anything, but everybody out there knows who I'm talking about. And I would love for somebody like that to come on this show. I would love for somebody like Ethan Van Striver to come on this show. Because they can go on their little shows, they can go on their little YouTube channels, they can run their mouth, and they can have all their followers suck their nuts and think that it's going to do something in the real world. But they can't go out and talk to people. They can't speak to anyone. And that's why nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Because when you start talking, all that comes out is that you're some racist, sexist scumbags. You know, you can hide behind whatever defense you want to use. But when it comes down to it, the truth comes out. And everyone knows that shows like Fanbro shows, Black Girl Nerds, et cetera, we ain't about that. We're for all nerds. We are for everyone. We love everyone. But ignorance, nah, we ain't here for that. No, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not, in the, not in this year of Wakanda, Satan. No, Mm-mm. no, no, no. <laughs> well i think uh maybe we should give you a water break or something <laughs> yeah i think we might need to because you know like i said last week i was asking for that battery in my back and it is back like i say any of y'all who wanted to stress this hit me up at dj ben i mean but don't come with that nonsense don't try and say you're talking about family values and, and no cussing in the comments just say what you are you know don't throw the stone and hide your hand say it I'm a racist. I'm a sexist. I wish things were back when I was the center of the universe. Mm. Well, guess what? Them days is over. But the show ain't. So we're going to take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be right back with more fan bros. She's going to learn today. Hey, everyone. This is Carla Perez. I play Rita Repulsa on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the 90s. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. This is Nikki Phillips. And this is Stacey Strobel. Yo, this is Carly Hustle. Hey, what's up? This is Jamila from Girl Gone Geek. Hi, my name is Roxanne Gay. Hey, this is the Shameless Maya. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Maya G. Hi, this is Reagan Gomez. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. Hi, this is Lola Ganike. My name is Jamie Broadnax from Black Girl Nerds. Hi, guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you're not in a lotus position eating quinoa or, like, rapping to your your bae, you should be listening to fan bows. No, I said fan bows. Okay, hang on. And welcome back, Internet. I know you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bro Show, but it is time once again to welcome back one of our good friends to the show. I think right now he is now taking the role of mayor. Shout outs to Forrest Prayer. Dule Hill, I think you've been knocked off again because it is the return of one of, I mean, one of our original guests, you know, a true member of the Circle of Trust, the one and only... Otto Asando is in the spaceship tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. OG. OG. I don't I don't like being I don't like being knocked off. I do not. So well, I'll just come on for no reason. Well, you know, I was DJ. It was it was Daniel <laughs> Jose Older who actually had the uh oh, mayorship title. I forgot. Really? True. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. But I got every you, once in a while I gotta check in and make who's the mayor? Uh-uh. That's not happening. <laughs> That's gonna be me. Mm-mm. 
I mean, basically, for those who don't know, you know, Otto Asando, not only is he a longtime guest, he is also the original host of the four All Nerds Awards, which you can check out on YouTube. You know, this year we had Orlando Jones come in, but Otto was the first. (laughs) So he's special, special. But Otto, as you know, or may not know, he is also important for a variety of reasons. One of the other reasons, the most recent reason, is that he's on Altered Carbon. Mm-hmm. But not only mm-hmm. that, he's been he's been traveling throughout the film world. He's been in many, many different things. I mean, I, I love his line, dear God, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <He was, laughs> we like to clown him on that. But yeah, he was in Jason Bourne. He was in Django Unchained. I mean, I don't want to name your entire resume, but you've been doing a lot. Uh, you were in Vinyl Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. I know Chico yep. Leo hated that show, but we still supported you because it's you. So we still watched yes, every episode. And, and I still forgive Chico for it. I still <laughs> <forgive>. <laughs> I mean, things have been going well for you. Like we said, you know, you entered into the fan bro circle of trust. You yeah. know, you were, you know, known mainly for getting eaten by dogs in Django. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, now I tell you are out. You know, we've seen the video on Tatiana's IG. You're over yeah. here signing autographs in the street. It was cool. I mean, I got to say, when you guys knighted me, my uh, my career kind of took <laughs> off. So, um, <laughs> what I'm telling I might have you, to send you guys some checks. Well, we tell you, I was so Otto, this is all part of Otto was at the build, was doing a, a build talk, right? Um, yep. About Alter Carbon and his character and everything. And um, I, I came at like towards the end. So I had, I couldn't go inside. I had to just watch it on the screen. But, you know, we mm-hmm. said hello and, um, I, I just stepped out and watched him as he walked through because there were quite literally a group, a good group of people just sitting there waiting to see him and take his picture, take pictures with yeah. him, sign autographs. And I was just like, look at this superstar. Look at that. It was, yeah, it was nothing I was expecting. It was weird. You know, lately I've been, uh, people think I'm Sterling K. Brown, which, <laughs> you know, all. All good, but you know that's not oh, who no. I am. <laughs> no disrespect, my brother is talented, but um, damn. But you know the thing is with <laughs> with Netflix, man. It's uh, you know, I, I'm not even coming at it with a with an ego thing, but it is so big, um, and the way that Netflix drops everything at the same time. So I went out to L.A. last week for the premiere. Right. And so we we premiered the show before the show actually premiered on Netflix for, you know, everybody else to see it. So before I was walking down Sunset the day before we premiered and, you know, I was just walking. I was just a dude walking down Sunset Mm -hmm. the next day walking down that same Sunset. And people are like, yo, you were an Alta Carbon, yo. And I was like, I mean, 24-hour turnaround, and suddenly I got the sheen, man. I was like, wow, this is this is no joke. So right, right. I'm, I'm thinking people are responding well and liking it. So for people who haven't mm. seen it yet, what would you? how would you express what Altered Carbon is? Well, I feel Altered Carbon is for the pure sci-fi sort of geek. You know what I mean? It's like pure cyberpunk. It's got the all the terminology and stuff that makes you need to watch it a few times before you understand what it is. Um, but essentially, the central conceit of Altered Carbon is uh, about two, three hundred years into the future, uh, humankind has figured out how to essentially save or download your essence into a chip. Mm-hmm. 
called a cortical stack that can be taken out and put into another body. And so you become whatever that body, you, you inhabit whatever that body is. And so you can switch bodies, you can change bodies, you can be whoever you want. And depending on how much money you have, you can either clone yourself or you just have the body that is available, which could be a 73-year-old man. It doesn't matter. So wow. um, it, it, yeah, it's a real sort of study about what what are we? Is there anything inside of us or is is what you see, what you get as the human being and uh, and and how we treat each other's bodies and in all of that. So it's it's really it's really, really interesting. And plus, then there's a whole lot of action in blood mm -hmm. and a lot of sex, a lot of naked people, too. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so people are uploading their consciousness to like USB drives, but it, more more sophisticated than that, yeah. obviously. But and just yeah. passing it along like different bodies and different housing. So this sounds to me like both Blade Runner and Ghost in a Shell. And I know that that was some of the, uh, yeah. some of the both the the comparison and con criticism for the show. Right, right. I mean, it, it, we were unabashed, or I shouldn't say we, but the creator, Lita uh, Calagridis, was unabashed. She was like, what we're doing is uh, we're paying homage to Blade Runner and we're play, paying homage to uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil. So mm -hmm. she wanted sort of a marriage between those two. And those two are my favorite, two of my favorite sci-fi movies, because one, Blade Runner, as I'm sure everybody who listens to Fan Bros knows, is real sort of quality sci-fi, but it's really dry and dark, whereas Brazil is sort of more campy and things. So we were trying to find the balance between the two um, and, and, and just visually have it. But definitely... We they were not. A, it wasn't a mistake that we uh, uh, we we aped a lot of Blade Runner. Mm. It definitely wasn't a mistake. Mm. That's something too, because while I mean, obviously you notice that right off the bat. I also like that there's a lot of things in it, like you said, that there's a huge world beyond even what we see. Right. Like in one of the early episodes, you see the main character flying across the water and you see what appears to be something like heat sinks in the ocean or something yeah. where it's like draining off the excess water, I guess that is what's happening there. Right. But it's not even really, you know, described at least in the early episodes. It just, you know, something you see and you're like, Oh, okay. What's that about? And I really like the world. Because there. you are a geek. Mm -hmm. like we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and, and it's that that's the thing that I love about a good sci-fi, because especially that first episode, I would say there's a lot of mm -hmm. exposition. You really got to listen and watch. But like for people like us who really take, you know, especially real fanboys and real fan bros, you know what I mean? People and fan women. I'm not you know, you, <laughs> fan you bros is, is uh, it's for you know. all all uh, genders and not sure, gender. Sure. Not, all and gender not Exactly. But, you know, we are the ones who pay attention and every single detail never gets by a true uh, a, a aficionado of this kind of genre. So you just saying that means I know that we really hook the really hardcore sci-fi people to watch this thing. And so th th there'll be a point where y'all will know this better mm -hmm. than me. Do you know what I mean? Even though I've read all the scripts, I've acted through a bunch of them. Y'all be like, yeah, but when you said that, do you remember? And I'll be like, I don't I don't remember. But that's that's the, that's what that's what makes Star Wars and Star Trek and all the things that we really love. You know, you watch those things over and over again because you always pick up something new. And and the world building is what we all love. That's why we all play video games. That's why we all play the board games. That's why I was since I was nine playing D&D, because &D, we 
love the details and we sometimes make the story better than the original uh, show that we watched. You right, know what I'm right. You know, I'm I'm wondering, do you think it's the success of shows and properties like Black Mirror and Westworld, which is why it's kind of given life to more ad- adaptations like Altered Carbon or even new shows? Or do you just think it's t- just the, the general evolution of, of entertainment right now that we're in this space where we want to see more dystopian work? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think it's probably part of it is topical, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because of, I think, the administration that we're under right now. And so there's like a sort of dark, uh, uh, there's a dark future that we can all um, uh, uh, see. But I think the other thing is, I will lump all the sci-fi, not just with dystopian stuff, but all this, the all the soup stuff that's coming out as well. Um, I, I read this interesting article a couple of years ago, actually, when like Marvel and everybody is starting to make the movies. And I realized that all of us are in the same age. All of us grew up playing with our G.I. Joes and our Star Wars figures and all that stuff. And now we are the adults in the room who are creating the stories. And so now mm. we are making what we grew up with. Right. I just remember when I was young playing with G.I. Joes, we always we watched G.I. Joe all the time. And me and my brother and our friends, we were like, well, this is kind of whack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because. You know, they're at war and nobody really dies. Nobody really gets shot. But like, let's play with the figures and make our thing more sort of realistic. And so now all those people, the J.J. Abrams and the and the Joss Whedons and the, the Lita Caligridis have grown up. And now they have the pure storytelling medium to say, now we're going to do this right. Now we are going to make a really good superhero movie. Now we're going to make a really good version of Blade Runner that I enjoyed when I was young. You know, that's kind of what I've seen seeing happen yeah but that's interesting too because you know we were talking about star wars and star trek and you know compared to something like blade runner those Mm. are much more hopeful sure and you know i don't want to spoil anything with alter carbon Mm -hmm. but was there any feeling of hope (laughs) in it that drew you to it I mean, no. because like that's how I feel about Black Mirror. Like I enjoy Black Mirror, yeah. but I'm not that big a fan because I feel like it's easier to tell dystopian than it is to tell hopeful. And you know, I wonder why there's not more hope out there. Yeah, you know, I, that's interesting. But I think that uh, even if I go topical, not just the you know the administration that we're under, but I think part of it is also we are our generation again. Uh, we are we are seeing technology sort of move at a pace that I think that human beings can't really keep up with anymore. Right. So you and I, and, and Tatiana, we have seen um, going from tape recorder, you know, uh, vinyl to tape recorder to CD, then suddenly everything is downloaded and everybody has a phone and all that stuff. And the implications of how we start to uh, behave with these new technologies are, are happening so fast that, us as humans can't really keep up with what they're Mm. doing to us. So we're all addicted to our cell phones. We're all addicted to all of this stuff that wasn't there 20 years ago. And there's no sort of way to, you know, uh, gauge if this is actually a good thing or a bad thing. Now we're talking about uh, AI at some point taking over. So I think there is a a zeitgeist, Mm. if you will, of 
maybe as cool as technology is and as and as awesome as it is that I can video chat with my parents in Ghana right now, maybe there's something there's a there's a dark side mm. to this. And I think that's sort of the underbelly of all of our technological advances. I mean, we just launched a dude's car right. into space, right? <laughs> I and, don't understand <laughs> Elon Musk, but okay. Right, just us, you know? So um, it's, I, I think that's, you know, that's what, you know, uh, generates the things like uh, Black Mirror, which is definitely an exploration of how, you know, the negative, the potential negative effects of, of technology and and science uh, or, or the advances. So, of how did you come into the world? Excuse me, the role of Vernon Elliott. Like, what even drew you to it? Um, you know, I'm not. I'm still not. I'm hopefully I get to the point where I'm like I can pick and choose things. You know what I mean? But this this just came over the wire, mm. just like everything else. And uh, uh, I submitted my audition. I you know I put myself on tape and submitted it. And uh, Lita Caligridis liked it and uh, we had a Skype interview and oh I, I don't think I can um I mean I guess I can I don't want to give any mm-hmm. spoilers away uh but yeah. you know, let me just say spoiler alert spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet just plug your ears for like <laughs> two seconds but when have have when um there's a certain thing that happens to Elliot and basically my character uh, Vernon Elliot when I'm reunited with my wife, I don't want to spoil it for y'all. Are you all caught up with it? <laughs> oh, oh, you just did. You didn't spoil Damn. it. You didn't spoil it for me yet. All good. Something happens to him, but okay. Well, but but okay. happens to him for keep going. <laughs> Man, I don't. I don't want to ruin it for y'all though. We're not important, Nato. We're oh, just no. here. <laughs> We just hear so we don't get fine. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize as I was talking. No, don't ruin it for the audience either. Let's say, okay, so something major happens, and in your Stripe interview, yeah. you enacted this scene? Yeah, and when she told me that was what would go down with my character, to answer uh, Tatiana's question, that's what really drew me oh. to the role, because I was like, that is mm. really okay. cool. Okay. Um. So you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it, but uh, that's but your character goes through really, something unique it, it, that you haven't done before. It goes through something, yeah, that I couldn't wait to act. I was like, oh, I want to try, mm-hmm. I want to see how that works, and and so how so it seems like it was so. a character that would lend you some discovery of yourself, and of course of your of your acting prowess. So it sounds like a ch- not just a challenge, but something that you just completely thought was interesting. So you wanted to give it a shot. Yes. Excellent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So, <laughs> you know, he's like, wait, what? You can tell me. You can tell us what's on the side, you know, hush, hush. So, you know, you, you've made mention of, you know, obviously you've been through so much in terms of Hollywood. You've been through the industry mm-hmm. for quite some time. You've seen the ups and downs. And mm-hmm. obviously we're in a place at least from a mainstream perspective that we see the, the the vast negativity permeating throughout the the industry, particularly when it comes to things like what sparked the Time's Up movement um, and how that affects mm-hmm. how roles are chosen in Hollywood, how that affects the opportunities, particularly women get in that um, and, and how they can even make moves in Hollywood. So could you, could you right. share with us how the movement itself has that, how that affected you? And then alternatively, if you've experienced some of the, or have seen or been privy to some of the the things that uh, a lot of women have to go through in Hollywood. 
Right. Well, I mean, uh, overall, I it is it, something that we now can't right. avoid. Do you know what I mean? It's like everybody, every set I'm on, you know, there's there is that talk, and I see. Uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed as I say that. Um, I see real positive, immediate changes that I'm hoping are not cosmetic. Do you know what I mean? So even our show, Altered Carbon, um, most of the leads, there's tons of people of color in the show and there's really powerful female roles. And of course, Lita Calabrese mm-hmm. is, is a woman and she's the one who you know created this and hit this her first show running experience. And so throughout, I see things happening that are really, really positive and not just for women, but for people of color. So um, and and part of it is um, on a hopeful front. Part of it is because people are actually seeing the actual problem and uh, are empathizing. But I think the other part is Mm. people are seeing the money. Do you know what I mean? Something like Black Panther and, and Black Panther. Nobody has seen it yet. And that has outsold you know, every other Marvel movie, just, you know, just right. from advanced ticket sales. I think that's, you know, stunning. Now, as for me, I have, I feel like I'm not high enough on the rungs. You have seen the Harvey Weinstein level stuff, but I've seen, I, I've seen the boys club at work. I have, um, I, being a man, being a heterosexual man, maybe I'm, I wasn't as aware of it as I am now because it's just unfortunately how things have been and I'm not excusing it. I'm yeah. just saying that's what was going down. But um, I think that at least on the projects that I'm on right now, uh, people are really hyper aware and uh, I, I haven't had a bad experience with it. It's not like people are hyper aware. I'm not the kind of dude who's like, well, I can't talk to <laughs> Well, some men were like, reacting not, like that. They're like, yes, I can't touch nobody like, no more. It's just like, come on, man. Like, yeah. let's be real. Like, it, it's not even about you can't hug anybody. It's about understanding and, and acknowledging consent uh, and, and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. acknowledging consent. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, so I, I think all of that is positive. I mean, you know, the, there's things that I can think of in my past that I've seen, and uh, you, you, the, the the light things that I have seen. Well, when I say light, I'm just I'm just being relative towards the real mm-hmm. horror stories that I've heard. And then since all this uh, Harvey Weinstein stuff has come out, uh, I've had some friends that I'm not going to disclose who have come up to me and say, "Yeah, well, this happened to me well, with Weinstein." Heard, you know, so. With uh, oh, okay. say again, not with Weinstein, oh, wow. but in other situations, and and yeah, and not knowing, you know, it's not like she, the 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 female friends that I have, the the uh, have you know came up to me and told me before, and actually, there's a one woman who told me some stuff that went down, and so I'm trying to help her through, be a, a support for her uh, as she might go to litigation, but of course, I'm not going to say anything because that's not my business. And legally I'm not about, I'm, I'm not going to say what's going down. Um, and so it's, I think it's creating, I hate this sort of a uh, cliche thing. Cause that's what we say every time was like, I hope it's at least creating a conversation and an awareness of the thing, because it is something that is, is really, really prevalent. That said, um, I think that there are people who, you know, the aforementioned dudes who are like, well, I can't talk to nobody now. I don't even know what to say. You know what I mean? Uh, I still see that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm amazed that even from a cynical standpoint, let's just talk about you just don't want to be in the paper. You don't want to be on TV or on YouTube 
mm-hmm. getting caught with this stuff. I mean, even if it's like you don't empathize with the, the women or or the men who are going through this, like, aren't you smart enough to have an awareness to like just even protect your neck on this one, right? But there's stuff that sometimes I still see, and I, you know, I, I and other people will call out, but it's it's amazing that some people are just so uh obtuse to it it's mm. it's, it's kind of crazy mm. so what so what are you doing like when you because you just mentioned that there's some people who are still obtuse to it and and i don't doubt that you've run into them what did what is what are you doing to try to promote yeah. try to push forward the movement of times up well you know the thing that uh i again i'm not going to name any names but something i just saw yesterday um, and I wasn't in the room when it happened. I came in, in the aftermath, but there was mm-hmm. a, a famous person that I was around. Uh, and we, we just happened to be in the same, doing the same thing at the same time. And when I went to do my thing, <laughs> I'm really being vague on purpose here because I'm not trying to call everybody out or, right. you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, this person went, went where I just was and, was sort of being inappropriate with a person, mm. a woman who was working with me, such that when I went back into the room, they were like, yo, this dude came in and he's like asking for a hug and this, and I'm he's saying I'm cute and this and all of this, all this weird stuff, nothing like, you know, aggressive or anything like that happened, but it was kind of like, why, you know, and so I guess in support of it, I didn't go, girl, come on. He just asked you for right, a hug or right. he just wanted a kiss or whatever he was doing. You know what I mean? I just made sure that the the two women involved knew that I wasn't going to do that to them. And if we need to go talk to either him potentially or his people potentially or the producer of the place that we were at, I was down for that. But I, again, I'm not going to make the move until you tell me it's okay. Because I, I, I also don't want to be, you know, think of you as the damsel in distress and I'm going to protect you because I think that's also problematic. So in supporting the Time's Up movement, for me, it's like, shut up and listen and then see how best that she or he wants you to be supportive. (laughs) Word to Matt Damon. (laughs) Um. Dear God, it's Jason Bourne. Um. <laughs> oh yeah! No doubt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have shot him first that time. Um. Guys, you make everyone happy. But um. So wait, you so you wait. So you're over here skyping with your parents in Ghana. Are they getting ready for Black Panther? Do they know what, what Black Panther is about? Well, my parents are. <laughs> no, I'm sure they don't know. But I'm like, it's our people, mom. It's our people that, you know what I mean? Like, I bet you I could get my mom gassed up on, on it. But my dad would be like, okay. I'd be like, well, it's a it's a country called <laughs> But Wakanda. see, once upon like, a time. Well, no, no, no. But do they know that oh. their son could have been T'Challa? Because once upon a time, once upon a time, we were rooting for you. Like, we had a little saying, campaign for you. Remember? I'm, well, I know, I know you were supporting the, you were supporting the me movement for Black Panther. I'm surprised I'm not in that movie. I'm saying like, you know, I love my agents and managers, <laughs> but like when I have half of my friends are up in that movie and some of them aren't African, I'm like, and no disrespect, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got you, but shit, I, I got like the, the, the legit, you know, 
we all we all have the roots, but you know, I got the roots like <laughs> they're right there. <laughs> you need to Skype with my parents. So say he got the right shea butter from you the earth. Like, like he got the real stuff. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm trying to say. You know, I mean, my people maybe just ran faster when the slave ship showed up. I mean, I'm sorry about your people, but I'm just you know. <laughs> Oh hey, hey, hey. Oh, shout out to the man. diaspora, I mean, all my peoples of the diaspora. I mean, Whether you got on those boats or not, I love you all. And like, let's we're all fighting. You know, I'm just playing with y'all. Just playing. I, I mean, Otto, I understand you're a little upset because your twin is up in the film and you didn't make it. So you know, I mean, stirring it up in there, you know. I'm like, Sterling can have his twin brother in the film too. It was just so funny because this brings me back to when they were announcing all the cast, and it's just like every single every single day, it was like what black person is not in Black Panther. Well, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it broke my heart because um, I know. Yeah, I better, I better be up because you know yes. there's gonna be like ten sequels on that because you know they're not gonna that one. You know, but I, you know, Ben is my boy. I love Ben. I love the support. But there was a point when <laughs> the announcement, like Ben, what was your um. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? Otto, Otto yeah. for Panther. <laughs> Changed. And suddenly, it was like, you know, you had love for me with the potential of me being Panther. But as soon as that announcement was made, Ben didn't even give me like, uh, you know, a day to think about it. Ben switched up Wakanda's favorite DJ, Wakanda this, Wakanda. I'm like, oh, too soon, bro. Too soon. Damn. At least let the body get cold, but bro just turned his back on me. I was like, "Wow, okay, Ben, I mean, okay, but I, 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 I feel, I, you know, I appreciate your game, bro. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. If if it'd been any other actor, but it was Chadwick, Howard University, yeah, you. yeah, you know, so there we go. you know, you know. No, no. yeah. It's, that HU fam life is for real. I so I, I can't even yeah. be mad, but that was funny. I mean, it, the day, the minute that ends <laughs> with, I was like, wow, nah, nah. bro. Wow. Hold up. I've had Wakanda's favorite DJ for a yeah, long time. I want to make that yeah, ultra I, clear. I feel you, though. I feel you. We good. We good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Before anyone else yeah, out there man. jumps up. Otto said you was, ditched me. It and was I- cold, but it was like it was like OG cold. It was like, you know, you just turn, I gotta turn my back on you. And it was like, all right, we men, good. Okay. I feel you, bro. But but when the Black Panther sequels are announced and, and, and you know, on the on the on the secret side, I'm sure you'll be okay, up there be. first. I better be. So, you know. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I got to say something here, though, because it seems like all the fan bros have been turning cold against you, Otto, because I heard you had an experience at Afro Man. <laughs> Man. So I love when I come on this show, right? And you all are like, he's the mayor. He's been on it like five times, 10 times, whatever. You know, he was back in the day. We were, we were like on our iPhones doing this thing. And then so I'm sitting up in a cafe down the street from Afro Punk. 
and who walks by? We want Myrtle you can fly. You she had the t- head to toe, like sort of like a purple like thing. I was like, oh, she's looking good. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm in the cafe in the big window, right? And so I'm like, Tatiana. And it's a full cafe. So everybody <laughs> sees me gesticulating, knocking on the window because I'm not fast enough to like run out and get her. And Tatiana gave me this side eye and just kind of like a, like a, like who? And kept walking. And so everybody in the cafe, I'm left, you know what I mean? In the cafe looking like I'm some kind of stalker or something. But that, that little side eye glance and the who is you look and then the, and then the hot step away, I was like, no. None of them. So I texted her immediately. I, I was like, that. yo, Tatiana, I thought we were cool, you know? <laughs> I felt like some, like, jilted ex-boyfriend. I was like, yeah, oh girl, why you going? You dog me. To this day, I feel so terrible. I, I promise you, I was walking, because I was walking, I don't mm-hmm. know what I was getting, but I was walking mm-hmm. down Myrtle Ave, and as Otto said, from my perspective, mm-hmm. I'm walking down the street, and there's this, and I can't really see the face. I just see this mm-hmm. figure in the window, like waving his wildly. arms wildly. Like, you know, like, you know, like when Kermit the Frog is real excited and his That's arms go it. all over the place. That's, That's exactly what I saw. It. And he was going, cause he was clearly trying to get my attention. And I was just like, who yeah. is that? So I'm, I always err on the side of caution. If I can't really see your face, I'm going to be like, let me keep moving. And I may try to acknowledge you, but I got to keep moving because I don't, I don't know who this is. And yes, I did yeah, do the side see, I, I am so sorry. I because the uh, error on the side of caution face that you gave me was like, <laughs> I was like, I thought we were cool. I'm trying to go back through my history and be like, did we, what happened? Like, I thought, what did I yeah. say to her? I mean, I know Ben Hameen is not talking to me because I'm not in Black Panther anymore. I didn't know it was like that with Tatiana. Damn, all them fan bros just turned their back on me. Damn. Oh, God. It's just like when you're someplace where you don't, especially because I wasn't in the, like Ben and everybody yeah. was at Afropunk. And then I was yeah. by myself. And I, I didn't expect people to, anyone to recognize me out there. So for one person to be this so specific, Man. I was just like, ah. I need to bring you back to that cafe so you can tell the people that oh. I re- we really know each other. I'm still embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, I always thought I, I had to make up for that because I feel so <laughs> bad. But no, next time maybe I, I, I will I will make a, a moment to really look at who's trying I to get my attention you. because it could be Ato Asando of right? all people. Come oh on, my God. damn. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the man is out so, yeah, it's, water so, so we're both guilty. You're sorry. Yeah, this, we just... We're just (laughs) all kind of bad. And, you know, we, you know, you didn't get Black Panther. You know, we've been asking forever. When are you going to be in a superhero film? And you are in. Yeah. Well, (laughs) my ninja, you in Dark Phoenix. I'm in Dark Phoenix. And you play a character named Joan. Well, I don't know his first or last name. Jones. Tell us something. You got to um, give us something. I'm in a movie called X Men Darfi. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, the the NDAs that I had to sign just to look at that script. I mean, it's it's real. Mm. And anytime I do any uh any press for like Alter Carbon or Chicago Med or whatever I'm doing, like everybody says you can't say anything about the movie besides it's a movie. 
That's all I can say. Um, wow. One day when the movie comes out and, you know, it's it's all done, I'll come and tell you the story because there's a funny story about my character in the movie, but uh, I can't do mm. that. You already huh? started shooting? It's you already done. started shooting? That's, that's in the can, and so they're mm. in post-production done. right now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But when did Dark Phoenix come out? When did wow. that X-Men, because right. I remember reading that. That was like 85, 80, because I just remember. 80. Oh, the, the comic? Uh, I want to say, yeah, I want to say like 83, 84, 85, yeah, somewhere I in there. I reading that when I was a kid. And so when that, when they were like, they doing Dark Phoenix, I was like, what? So I'm excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when I was a kid, I, I like saved up 20 bucks and it took me wow. forever to get the one where Dark Phoenix is like she's gripping the X-Men logo on oh, the cover. Yeah, it's like this yeah. famous uh, cover by John Byrne. Yeah, where she's standing there gripping it. And I, I spent 20 bucks on it, got it. And my mom would keep oh. it in her dresser wow. so I wouldn't even see it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I never yeah. read the comic, but because of uh, the 90s Fox Kids yeah. cartoon, for uh, the Fox um, X-Men mm. cartoon, that's how I know about Dark Phoenix. And even then, they didn't even show the whole saga in order. Like, I, I remember watching it. And they, like, <laughs> it was like three episodes missing. It was like, it was like, it was like you saw her in space and then you saw Cable. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened to... Oh well, no! Yeah. So yeah, I was just like, "What the hell?" So, uh, wow. I mean, so you're I'm finally, finally in, the in the movie, movie. In, the, in the system yeah. of the so, movie. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. I guess I mean I can't really talk much more about it besides that I'm in the movie and hopefully I can or whatever. So. Oh. Did they get it right? It, <laughs> yes. bro, I don't know. You know, I th- I'm, I'm assuming they did. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. But I did get All to right. meet Chris Claremont, well, the, the you know, let's uh, hope, creator let's of hope. it. Yeah. So he was there. I took I wow. mean, even the, 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 in, the selfies that I took with him because I was like, Chris Claremont is here? Oh my God. Right? And he was lovely, lovely <laughs> dude. But like, dude wrote did everything right i i i mean i knew some things here yes. and there but i was not aware of how much he's done until i like really looked at it and so that that's like a hero of mine but even even that selfie i didn't i was too afraid to like instagram it or whatever so yeah hmm I want to. We gotta hear. We gotta talk yeah. more about these stories. Uh, you, you also mentioned Chicago Med, and when we and when we talked this past Friday, you uh you, you mentioned yes. that you're still filming. So uh you know what's going on with Chicago Med, man? Like I, how do you, you know, feel? I love I, when when they offered me that part. That was one thing that my my it, I got that and uh, Alter Carbon at the same time, and uh, they my mm. agents called me and were like, uh, guess what? Uh, Dick Wolf basically wants you to play uh. uh obviously black, uh, Orthodox Jewish heart <laughs> surgeon with Asperger's. I was like, yo, sign me up. I mean, I thought <laughs> it sounds crazy and it sounds, you know, like a potential disaster. I mean, that's just like one of those characters that you're like, really? But uh, they really set me up with um, uh, all the research that I needed to do. And I met a lot of people from, you know, from the Asperger's community or the, I should say, the autism community and also um, mm-hmm. Michelle Obama's like second cousin is uh, 
is a rabbi and like deep in the, the the black Jewish. I didn't know that there were so many, you know, everybody knows like Sammy Davis Jr. and like Drake. That's it, right? There, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz, right? And then that's about it. But there's a huge, long and deep community um, all over the world. So it just gave me a lot of uh, confidence to play the role. But one of the things I love about Chicago Med is that those people are just really cool people. I love going to Chicago. I love Chi-Town, first of all, except in the winter. But I love that cast and crew. So I, I, they just keep bringing me on the show and I just love it. Dope, dope, dope. Well, we, you know, we're really happy about your success, Otto. No, seriously, you, like, even if you weren't in anything, like, we'd still be happy about you because you, like, are cool dude. Like, you're on the level. You're down to earth. You you put up with us giving you side know. eye. <laughs> I know. What you give me side eye. Uh, uh, ben Amin turns his back on me when I don't get a movie, and then. Chico hates my whole damn series, my dream role. Chico just shits all over it. And I still come on the show. I'm like, thank you. So, uh, I mean, there it is. Like, folks can I never know. accuse damn. us of oh, not God, keeping it real. You know? but, see, but see, now that you you know, you having all this new experiences in your life, you know, what is coming up for the future? Like, what do you hope? I know... Like, do you hope that you can start do a role where you get back in music again? Like, what well, are your thoughts? You know, it, it kind of goes with what I was saying about Chicago Med. And I, I've been lucky in a, a, all of my experiences that I'm always in a show that everybody is cool. There's no stupid ass drama. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it's just yeah. I want, you know, maybe this is my ego talking now, but I want to be. Uh, even in more prominent roles. I want to be more responsible for the direction of the show or the movie that I'm in. Do you know what I mean? Because I've done yeah. the guest stars, I've done the series regulars and all that stuff. And it's in the, and so I feel, and, and this is just observational. I'm not talking like, yo, I'm the man, I should be doing everything. But like, I, mm-hmm. I, one, one thing about being in the, in this game for so long and having all the experiences that you just alluded to is that, I know I can do the thing. So if I get the opportunity, yeah. whatever my version of Black Panther is or or Black Mirror or any of those things are, I think I have the skill set and the preparedness to be able to pull something really good off. So that's kind of just what I'm waiting for. Mm. Very good. Now, that's something that leads to something else I want to ask you about, mm. because like we said, you've been around on the show since pretty much we started. And we've seen you go from, you know, just role to role, steady working, more exposure, more roles, bigger and better success. Mm -hmm. But how do you like what advice? I mean, I hate even asking advice, but like, how do you explain to someone what kept you on your path when things weren't so certain? Yeah. You know, uh, for me, I I mean, uh, young actors come up to me and ask me that question all the time. And I just said, for me, is like, I'm going to live my life. I can't be a 24-7 actor. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mm. Going out to L.A. especially, you see the 24-7 actor who's always on. But for me, it's like, I've got other things that I want to do and try to do. So I have other places to go and use my energy creatively. Even music is something that is just like my hobby, and I just do it. And what it gives me is... Um, is the knowledge that I can do something else. It might be hard to transition now, but it, it, I can always do something else. So 
it I don't have the desperation anymore, especially now that I'm working mm. very consistently, but I don't allow myself to be desperate. I don't allow them to control how I should feel about something. I'm going to go in and give a good meeting, give a good audition, and then I'm out. If you want me to stay, you need to pay me. You know what I'm saying? So that understanding that, and that's like a Jedi mind trick, especially that you need, I think, at least for myself, especially when the well starts to run dry. Because if you get desperate, people sense it and nobody wants to really give a desperate person a job. I'm an actor. This is what I can do. Uh, I will get something else if it's not you. That's kind of how I look at it. All right. Well, you've survived the interview segment. But as you know, it is now time for the rap segment, our rapid fire questions. (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, some of them might have changed up a little bit since the last time you were here. So let's start it off with the Falcon or War Machine. War Machine. Mm Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, or Doctor Doom? Doctor Doom. All right. Mm-hmm. The Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Metropolis or Gotham? Gotham. Mm. All right. Oh. Oh. Luke Cage or Black Panther? Ooh, Black Panther. Come on, Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh, babe, can you please just isolate that 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 sound, <laughs> that, that celebratory sound that Otto just made? We need that going forward. That was beautiful. Uh, Wakanda, Wakanda, or Zamunda? Zamunda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Gotta give props. Yeah. Have you seen Black Panther yet, though? I have not. Oh, nobody I know has seen it. I have not. I don't know. You know. Yeah. No, we've seen it. Yeah. I bet it's, it's got to be off the hook. That I mean, come on. Coogler is dope, so that's got to be off the hook. I don't think your answer will be Zamunda after you see it. <laughs> 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 you might have to get rid of that question altogether. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Black gotcha. Panther or Luke gotcha. Cage going to be real tight, too. That right. season two better step it up. <laughs> it's Black Panther or what? <laughs> um, mm, I see. All right. Let's see. Fresh Prince or Martin? Martin. Favorite superhero? Well, yeah. go Early ahead. Martin. It depends. Right. I was gonna say the later seasons were kind of. Yeah. Eh, it was like yeah. it's time to go. Yes, exactly. All right. Your favorite superhero movie of all time? Uh, I would say The Dark Knight. Mmm, that's up yeah. there. That's up there. Yeah. That's really is high. That is. Up yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. That's up there. Okay, Star Wars or Star Trek? (laughs) (laughs) I hate the laughter. I hate the Uh, laughter. Let me think about that, folks. Uh, Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of The Last Jedi? I haven't seen it yet. I have not had a chance. Yeah, man. I've been traveling so much, I have not seen it yet. So I've heard, well, first of all, what's going on? you might have to give it away, so I don't want to ask the question. Oh, it's I mean, old it's now. Late. Come on. It's yeah, late yeah, now. It's late yeah, in the yeah. game now. But, okay. Oh, what's, what's the question? But, no, I heard, like, you know, some of those, like, uh, there's some, like, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, some dudes are coming out against, what, was there too many women in the movie or something like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's with, Yo, what's wrong with these people, man? Like, what's wrong with them? Yo. Oh. 
I, 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 it, it's just season of fuck boys. That's all I can yeah. say. You know, it's like, it's, you know, no <laughs> every, everyone has a season, and right now it's the season of the fuck boys. So I you am know. stealing that. That is brilliant. <laughs> That's what's going on in the world. It's the season of the fuck boys. Oh, yes. Thank you. Man, thank you. It, it really is. Oh, yes. Oh. I wonder if this has changed since last time, but what's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Uh what what just popped in my head was Passenger 54, but I got I got uh I gotta go with Blade. I gotta go with Blade. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Who's your first Before, Yeah, Passenger 57. Yeah, yeah. Always bled on black. Always bled on black. Just because of that line, dude. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley was the man. You know, everybody talking about Black Panther, which is cool, but like everybody forgot that Wesley like had that game on lock with Blade. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, and I mean, he had that in the commercial. That's the other thing. Like he had always bet on black in the commercial. Yes. You know, it's yes. Like, yes. Like, the arrogance. Go ahead, Wesley. Go ahead, Wesley. Love it. All right, who is your first geek? crush oh hmm oh oh linda carter mm. Wonder Woman. Woman. Law. Lord. How, yeah. did you see the the well, from last year now the newest wonder woman yes i did what were your thoughts that was dope. <laughs> that was dope okay. and speaking of them fuck boys you know Uh-oh. what was cool was being in the theater and you know i've seen a bunch of soup movies right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, all of a sudden i'm hearing because there was a lot of funny parts in the movie and i'm hearing a lot of laughing in the mid-range not the bass and i was mm-hmm. like oh yeah there's mad women in here mad women <laughs> yeah. in here it, it was such a cool res uh revelation um but anyway i just wanted to make that point it was like you know again we could make a movie about a woman and people will go watch it and it will make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And in Black Panther's case, you can have like three dope women in it. Yes. And it's going to make a lot of money. Black, I'm scared of seeing Black Panther. I'm real You should be. You should be. Because yeah. your life will change. Yeah. 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 I'll probably change up. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Monday is going to oh, be a Eartha different thing. That's America. another one. Eartha Kitt, yep. Catwoman, Ooh. when I was a little kid. Woo. Mm. Mm. Her and Julie Andrews, some you know, I had to, you know, I'm equal opportunities. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Someone's been on me. Anyone in that cat suit? Look, Yo. you know what was uh in the second Bat- Batman? Um, who was that? Oh, uh, Michelle uh, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's iconic. That was yep. that was iconic as well. That was iconic. Oof. She did the little skip rope when <laughs> she had the whip <laughs> and then she like skipped away on it. I was like, woo! Damn that one. Damn. And, mm. In right. any medium, what character's death hurt you the most? Oh, you know, the first thing that popped in my head was the death of Boromir in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yo! Yo. Bruh. That was... That caught me off guard, right? It, it was the whole lead up to it. It was when the Urukai is just coming at him, mm. coming at him, coming at him, and then he just uh, it, and he's taking all the arrows so that the, the the hobbits can get away. I'm like about to tear up right now, you know. <laughs> yep. Can, he can rock a death scene. That man, woo! <laughs> Yo, Shit. Sean Bell, King, Sean King, Bean. Sean Bean. Oh, I, King. I said Sean Bean. I, yeah, I said you Sean said Bean, Sean right? Bean. It was it was the butcher oh, who, who yeah, changed bar, it. Yeah. Oh, oh my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's the king of death scenes. Yeah, so that man can rock a death scene. Damn. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. He got that game on lock. I'm serious, man. Woo. Damn. I mean, speaking of that though, you are the king of memes. So how did you keep this game on lock? Is the question. Man, I do not know. I mean, again, it sounds like like it's my ego, but like it almost like everything I do. I'm not meaning to do anything. I'm just trying to act. And then suddenly there's a whole meme that goes by the whole. I'm like that whole Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne. I remember when that came out and uh, uh, somebody sent me, you know how it, it always has I, some uh, in the memes. It has my scene. So it has a like a little gif of me. Right. right? So I'm yep. like, oh, why is somebody sending me my scene? OK, well, ha ha ha. And it was like, click on it click on it and they show like whatever the the whole thing is right and i'm like people took the time to put this together and then like rip my scene off and do it i was like wow it was it's it's crazy that stuff kind of happens and i I don't know maybe i got some meme in me i don't know I mean, for our listeners who don't know, not, not only is it Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne, Otto was also, you know, accused of being eaten by dogs for real yep. on the set of Django. Yep. And you had, you know, to set it off, the smiling African drummer. The smiling African drummer. I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Damn. You should definitely have an endorsement deal with Giffy. Like, Something. <laughs> Something. Because, I, yeah, I'm making you damn money because that's, I mean... Whatever. <laughs> it's all fun though. I still have not seen that movie. I still have not seen um Get Him to the Greek. I gotta see that movie. Oh, you gotta I still see have that. Not seen it. Puffy Puffy yeah, it's, Puffy's oh, in that no movie, right? Yeah. Puffy, never seen Puffy it. was like on like E or something in that movie, right? He, he was chipping. Yo, Puffy is eating yeah, in that he, movie. He was he he is so it. good. Wow. <laughs> I now I definitely gotta see. I just no shade. I just never seen it. So I gotta see it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see it. Just for your scene alone. <laughs> Man. All right. To wrap it up, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Oh, like I had to go with my original Dr. Manhattan. Because I, I wanna be like on Mars <laughs> just as I can. You know? <laughs> Just that ultimate power. Yeah. I mean, you're getting yeah. booked for two, three projects at a time. I guess you have to have that power. Yeah. That would be dope. That would be dope. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. Otto is yeah. yeah. It's nice. I, you know, for me, it's like smoking while I got it. I know one day my phone will stop ringing. So I'm just trying to like get it all while I can. Mm. Well, we are. Yeah, super proud of everything you are doing over there, Otto. You know, everything you're doing everywhere. Oh, man. And, you know, please let the internet know where they can find you at. Oh, it's uh, Otto Esando at Twitter, at Instagram. That's me, my first and last name. So hit me up there. And you're also a podcast host, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I got yeah, that. Come on, man. Because I'm Radio Zamunda. Uh, and we have a podcast about just the artistic journey. We bring on our friends. Uh, you guys will be on it. I just haven't been in town, but you guys will be on it uh, separately because I love both all y'all, maybe even Chico, you know, even though he's me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's just a rolling conversation. And uh, I got to give props to Ben because I was like, yo, how do I do this, man? What do I use? And Ben gave me some, uh, gave you some uh props and all that stuff so thank you for your help i mean i love fam bros i love what you guys have been doing i love 
seeing and hearing the the evolution where you guys were where you guys are now all that stuff that you guys are doing it's like you got your hustle is dope it's tight so I, I love I love that I know you guys. I'm like, yeah, I know the fan boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lato. Uh, ben Amin? Ben Hameen? No, no, no. Ben Amin. Okay. So get, get it right. Hands, you know. Yes. <laughs> the circle of trust is real. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you, Otto, for joining us. And fan bros, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the show. Peace. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Foul Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to Fan Bros. And welcome back, fam bros. I know you enjoyed that interview with my brother, you know, family. You know, we can say that now that he's gone because, you know, he thinks we're always dissing him. But thank you, Otto Osando, for stopping by in the spaceship. You know, one of the mayors, I can't really say that he's the only mayor anymore, but one of the mayors of the fam bros. Make sure y'all watch Alter Carbon. So wait, why are you, wait, why are you now saying he's one of the mayors and not the mayor? He gonna get mad about that? I know, but he's gone now, so I ain't gotta worry about it. <laughs> oh, don't step foot in Brooklyn, Ben. Otto gonna get you. And you know he on that sci-fi shit now, man. He gonna get you. I know, word. Make sure y'all peep Alter Carbon on Netflix. We'll have a full review coming next week. We don't want to give too many spoilers right now. So y'all peep that and we'll get back to you on it. But now it is time for, and it is, oh, I mean, it's popping in here tonight with the... The Guac is Extra. That's right. The Geekquently Asked Questions, the Guac is Extra. And as always, you can send in your questions to contact at fanbros.com, or you can hit us on the Twitter at fanbrosshow, or the Instagram at fanbrosshow, which is popping with questions today. And first up, we have Nerd Emperor, who asked, with cryptocurrency becoming a phenomenon now, is it wise for a a beginner like myself to even invest in it? Hell, even my cash app gives me an option to buy it. That makes me skeptical because it seems too commercial. Well, Nerd Emperor, that's the person who asked the question. That That's that's difficult to answer because cryptocurrency is a difficult subject. If you go across the internet right now, even so-called experts, a lot of them can't really explain to you Uh, what cryptocurrency is and specifically how it works. Um, There are some resources you can use that actually break it down pretty easy terms. Um, Go to Investopedia, investopedia investopedia.com and uh, look up cryptocurrency. It has a really good page on explaining what cryptocurrency is, what the benefits are, what the drawbacks are, and everything that comes along with it. That said, it's absolutely something to consider investing in, but I wouldn't say to do it like, Oh, invest X amount of money in it and and get ready to shoot for the moon. Like it's not doesn't necessarily work like that. Uh, cryptocurrency involves a lot of different things, and, and and it's not just Bitcoin. There's like over a thousand different types of coins and 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 currencies that you can potentially invest in, and a great deal of them are not necessarily going to survive the next day, let alone the next year. So the first thing I would do is say before you think about putting your money into a cryptocurrency or investing anything. 
learn what it what it, how it works learn what a blockchain is how that works learn all the different options out there i would say i would actually really suggest that you educate yourself on what cryptocurrency is that's actually more valuable because you may be able to get in on a different side of things uh, versus being the person who's buying it maybe you're the person who's helping to create a new coin maybe you're someone who's helping to create software towards mining cryptocurrency so i would suggest that the first thing you do is educate yourself, get some background and understand what to do with it. And also understand that cryptocurrency, yes, is the future. So it is something to really keep an eye out for, but don't be so quick to put your money into it. I think that's, you know, really well said. Also, you can check out fanbros.com and read Mellow Marketer's articles on the subject. He has like a primer, you know, for how to get into cryptocurrency. What's it all about? Like she said about blockchain. I myself have invested in cryptocurrency. I put, you know, a little money into it here and there. I made a Mm -hmm. little money with it, you know, and I took my money out before. Are you doing Bitcoin? Uh, Yeah. And I'm waiting for that to go back up right now because, you know, (laughs) I'm a little hurt. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I got in like with Litecoin, made a little money, but then the Litecoin fell apart. And now I would not say invest in Litecoin. You know, I got in when I could and made it and got out. So Right, right. Cryptocurrency is is volatile. So you have to be careful. Yeah. I think the best way to describe it is like stocks for millennials. It's like stocks (laughs) that just shoot up and down. You know, it's like, you know, it's no time. We ain't got time to waste, you know. So it's like get in, get out, get in, get out. But just like you said, be really careful about what you're investing in and find out which of these ones are going to be here for the long run. Like one that I would recommend, even though it's dropped down recently, is Ethereum because a lot of different companies are using Ethereum. So it has, you know, big money behind it where it will be around for a long time. Yeah. So so do your research. And yeah, definitely read Mello's article on Fanbase.com. That really cleared it up for for us when we were asking about it. So read that first, then you can go ahead and do your research on all these other places and then, you know, see what you want to do. Mm-hmm. What do we have next? Up next comes from 13. They write, I'm sure Sterling K. Brown will be great in Black Panther. <laughs> Sorry, Otto. <laughs> but I can't help but think he would have been perfect as Blue Marvel. Mm. Who are some characters in the MCU or DCEU that you would cast differently? Um, Sterling is so good in Black Panther that I would not cast him as Black, Mar- I mean, Blue Marvel. And Otto Asando, I mean, he's a little young for Blue Marvel, really. Even Sterling really is, so you'd have to age mm-hmm. both of them up. So, ooh, in the, uh, I mean, in the DCEU, there's a lot of characters I cast differently, but... But actually, not even really. Not lately. I uh, like I, I got one that I've all... I mean, now I don't care anymore. But at the time, they yeah. sh- Storm should have been Angela Bassett. Okay? Oh, I mean, God. Point I mean, blank, period. And yes, that's not MCU. It's it's uh, Fox, but still. Yeah. No, no question. I mean, no question. It is. I mean, especially after seeing Black Panther. Oh, yeah. oh what a waste. Yeah. But right now, there's not many that I would really call out where I'm like, like, especially like, I think whoever is the casting director for the MCU deserves well, wait, all the awards. Well, wait, since, since, since Disney has Fox now, is all that part of the, technically part of the MCU now? No, that's just a different timeline. And then now yeah. going forward, and- everything's part of the MCU. And that's still, you know, Disney still doesn't have Fox. And, you know, according to Marvel, they're not acting like they do. Like, their their plans have nothing to do with the X-Men, et cetera, right now. Right. So, so that's finalized. Okay. They're not going to start even 
So we might, but you know, if it gets finalized soon, they're going to pump out an X Men movie, you know, somehow, right. some way. Right, yeah. right. But, but you know, still not because what's her, uh, Angela Bass is Ramonda. He, she, she's Black Panther's mother. So, oh, yeah. Th- that's out of yeah. the question. And plus, it's, it's, you know, the time has come and gone, but it's still yeah. something that, that's always made, I've been salty about. I mean, to me, you know, if they do like a, I don't know, old woman storm movie, you know, Angela still call her up, you know, like if they do like old man Logan, (laughs) you know, like old woman storm. Storm Oh no, old woman Aurora. (laughs) Yes, there we go. Yes. Oh, you got a hashtag already. Wow. I never thought I'd hear that, but okay. Oh, woman Oro. Write that, someone. All right. What up, Sness? We also from 13, he asked, What advice would you give to an aspiring comic? Well, they asked, let me get it right. Would you give to an aspiring comic writer on how to get started? Is there so. Nah, um, yeah, okay, basically, they're asking what advice would you give to an aspiring comic? Give up. No. Um, <laughs> an, an, an aspiring comic writer, like, no, this is dead ass honest. Like, the best way to do it, straight up and down, is find someone, an artist, and put out your own book. Mm-hmm. Because the big companies are not, even like Image and stuff, are not going to mess with you until they see that you can put out a book on a regular schedule. Yeah. And the hardest thing to do it is doing it by yourself. Yeah. So if you're dope, you know, and if you're not dope, learn to be dope. Like I always say with anything writing, especially in film, TV, comics, read scripts. You know, find comic scripts online and read them. And then read as many comics as you can. Figure out what works and what doesn't. And let me say this, show. this is like some real talk, but don't even put your stuff out unless you feel it compares to the best, you know, because like there's too much comics out there, you know, and like, you know, personally, if your stuff is like, like, if you're unsure, let other people and other people are like, yo, this is dope, then put it out. But don't, you know, because it's like, it's trying to, you're not going to get noticed unless your stuff is as dope as the people who are already working. Right, there. but that that's also difficult, Ben, because dope is subjective. Mm. And yes. and as a creative, we tend to see things that we do, regardless of how the outside may feel about it, we may see, think it's trash. And other people may mm-hmm. say that it's treasure. So that that the, the idea of like I think what I think maybe a better way to frame this would be uh, uh do what you can to achieve at a higher level. You want to Mm-hmm. You want to work above your capabilities and, and go towards beyond your capacities. Meaning if you're, if you think you're a good artist, do what you can to be a better artist, seek out uh, mentors, uh, do training, whatever you have to do, um, whether you're a writer an artist or, or, or pencil or inker, whatever it is, take yourself above and beyond wherever you are right now and then create. Because if you continuously do that and you keep honing your craft and you just put stuff out, not necessarily wait until you have something dope to put it out, but just continuously and uh, uh, consistently put stuff out and continue to raise the bar, then I think you're putting yourself in a better position. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll agree with you there. Like that, I don't mean if you know if you don't put your stuff out if you don't think you're dope because the, like we said, we're all our own biggest critics. You know, I'm writing right now. I think my script that I'm working on right now is hot trash. You know, and, and before I started it, I thought it was dope, but now that I'm in the middle of it, it's like ah, this is terrible. 
You know, so you got to let other people see your work and let other people be like, okay, this is dope. But also, I think what you just said is really true because it goes to like something with Fanbro Show. When we started, we weren't nearly as good as we are now, but we sat there and kept doing it week after week after week. And that's something you got to be prepared for, especially if you're going to be independent. You got to be prepared to put your own stuff out month after month, whatever you do, because you got to show that schedule first. So you put it out month after month and you might not get noticed. And you just don't have to keep going, keep going, and keep going. So that's something else. You know, like, you got to understand, don't do it because you want to get famous immediately or you think you got the hottest book or ever and the hottest idea and you're mad that you don't get noticed. Just do it because you love it and that you can't imagine doing anything yeah. else. And 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 13, you actually answered some of your own question. Like, yeah, definitely partnering with other people. If you want to create a collective, be that collective yes. because there is power in numbers. And whether it's financial power, whether it's creative power, uh, it's all there. It, like, that's definitely a good way to do it. Um, grind, yes. Partner up with people, yes. Is there somewhere to pitch? There's places to pitch and you can Google it, but most typically you have to sh- prove your worth. You have to show what you've done already and, and what yeah. you've done without having someone else, you know, being at the behest of someone else, what you've done in your own. That is what's going to make the difference for you. And also putting yourself out there in these spaces. So going to these conventions, showing at these conventions, maybe you want a table at a convention uh, and it doesn't have to be New York Comic Con. It, it, you, could, you could do a lot of the smaller ones and ramp up until you get the, the right funding or the right partnership to be able to do a San Diego or New York Comic Con or whatever the case may be. So it you got to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> start on yourself. And, <laughs> and, and, and again, you know, as someone who's working in the industry, I fully encourage all, you know, especially people of color, you know, especially marginalized people, women, et cetera, whoever, to tell your stories because we need more people telling these stories. And so we need you to, you know, like you said, grind out those short stories stories find a penciler you know find someone this is the story i can tell you like robert kirkman you know the creator of walking dead invincible etc cetera, etc cetera, he first put out i want to say it was battle pope was his first book and he put that out independently and then image noticed him and they started giving him a little work here and there and then he pitched them mad ideas and they turned down a lot and then i think invincible was the first one they bid on like alongside walking dead and so he had this artist on Vincible that he'd been working on. You know, he'd known this dude all his life. They did six issues. And then dude was like, yo, I can't do this right now. And it was like, yo, like I got this comic and we got another issue got to put out. So Kurtman went online onto this site where you can, I, I can't remember the name of the site, but it's a site where people post their art, et cetera. And he found this dude, Ryan Otley, who was a young kid. And now him and Ryan Otley have done almost 130 issues of it. And Ryan Otley is a superstar now. And Kurtman is, you know, filthy rich. So it's like, Mm -hmm. but he started from that grind of doing it himself. You know, when things got bad, he went and found somebody else. He, you know, was resourceful and he kept it moving. And that's why he is where he is now. And so you got to start somewhere, like you said, and just do it. And then just keep doing it. That's, That's the advice I give you. Like, don't stop no matter what anyone tells you. Excellent. Mm hmm. All right. Anything else tonight? Um, I'm debating whether or not to hold this for their next show. Uh, no, some of these now, questions now. are wild. Yes. Um, we need some wildness. Uh, huh. <laughs> I don't know if this is, I don't necessarily think it's wild. I don't, I'm not sure who will get it, but hello, fam bros. Philip Winslow here. 
by now, the reboot trend resembles a sea of walkers blocking original stories from the masses. Wow. <laughs> That's cute. Right, yeah. Philip went in on that. Oh, yeah. However, I believe I have the reboot to rule them all. Rock. R-O-C. The Fox, the 90s Fox sitcom was not only a well-written and acted show, well-acted show, but it brilliantly paired comedy with real-life social political issues in the Black community and abroad. Just think, 2018 Baltimore, Rock and Eleanor watched their now college-age son experience a Black Lives Matter Trump-shattered America. Thoughts? I'm good, bro. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I love Rock for its time, but Rock was one of those shows, I don't know, like, I... I like I love Good Times and Rock, but I like Grownish and Cosby Show more. You know, I like I like aspirational instead of the Cosby struggle. Show? Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, take away Bill Cosby. I'm not talking about Bill Cosby. I'm talking about like what Cosby Show was about. What it meant. Yeah, yeah. What, it, what it meant. Like different world. What Grownish. I like to see us successful and not struggling. And if we and then if you want that, you got Carmichael Show, which isn't struggling, but shows you that you know straight. You know. Like, well, you don't have Carmichael show that that got canceled. Yeah, well, you have it, <laughs> you know. Well, that's so... I mean, people talk about a rock reboot, but we wasn't watching Carmichael show. Right. I'm about to say I, when you said rock, I, I just thought of Carmichael show. Yeah, that's why I feel like there's already enough material, you know, stuff out here. If we're gonna complain about this and that reboot, let's not ask for this one. Like, cause they already talk about a Martin reboot on the side, and it's like. I, look, I'm going to continue on what I've been saying for maybe the last two, two and a half years. Yeah. Reboot's high, but I really prefer original stuff. Yeah, like, I'm good. Like, I, 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 you know, I get the nostalgia in revisiting things. I get the the dollar signs in the eyes of corporate when they think, oh, we could we could redo this for the planet. Like, I know right now the 90s is hot, and that's why people's bringing stuff back. But I'd rather see something new. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, straight up. Like, I want to see Atlanta season two. You know, I don't want to go back to rock. You know, it's no shots to Charles Dutton. That's the man. But let's keep it moving. You know, let's see new takes, new experiences, you know, insecure, et cetera. Like, whatever else is coming down the pike? What, crazy rich Asians, you know? I've even been watching Fresh Off the Boat lately and really loving it. They're about to do an episode in all Mandarin. Like, let's see something ill like that, you know? Like, let's take it on. Let's level stuff. But thank you for that question. But nah, nah, you know. No. And Rock also died fighting aliens. You know, it can't, it, you know, can't bring him back up there. <laughs> Wait, what? Where did he die? No, no, no. In Alien Three, the the Charles Dutton plays a character who gets ate up by the aliens. So it's like you know, the Rock. You know that that's always how I imagine him, like Rock, the character in the future. You know, getting ate by aliens. Uh, yeah, okay. No, nobody's trying to get that reference. It's all okay. Right. That's why I'm just like, ah, okay. <laughs> you know that Oprah, the Oprah GIF, where it's just like the Oprah GIF, where she's just like, ah, okay. No, no but it's right really, now. it's really great, and it's one of those terrible black people moments in science fiction because the Rock goes out fighting the aliens, fist fighting them. Wait, not homeboys in outer space. I mean, it's up on that level. Uh-huh. Like, no, my man goes out fist fighting aliens to to save the white woman. It's yeah, it's one of those moments, you know. Wow. Yeah, let's rem- let's remember him for the show Rock. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, Mr. I think that's it in that uh, the Guacus extra. That's the end of it. That's the end of it. All right. Well, as always, send in your questions to contact at fanbros.com or hit us on the Twitter at fanbros show or on that. 
Instagram. And since I've been making all kind of references that people don't understand, let's talk about some stuff that people have seen, namely that Venom trailer. So, um, about that. it was a snooze fest. Um, it was better. Oh, I'm, yeah. I mean, shout out to Mega Sheen. You know, we was on their show last week. They told us about this bootleg, you know, Venom trailer. And we thought that that was the one. And I went and watched that one before because I thought it was the real one, too. And then I was halfway through. I was like, wait, this is a bootleg. But I watched the whole thing. <laughs> Don't say bootleg is fan made. Fan made. Fan made. It features old clips from different movies, etc. And that was so much better than the one that Sony just... Yeah. I, went, I wanted to tweet it. It was like, Sony got all this goodwill from Spider-Man Homecoming, and they were just like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I think Sony is definitely back on their bullshit and not in a good way. <laughs> they definitely back on the, the, the email leak wave right now because oh. they definitely on that move, on that vibe right now because the Venom trailer, it showed, which is great, lots of Tom Hardy, but it was just pretty much like Tom Hardy rides a bus. Tom Hardy drives yeah. a car. Tom Hardy is on a motorcycle. Tom Hardy spazzes out on a doctor's table. Like it, it, it you didn't see anything. Like you saw, you saw. We know it's it, it takes place in San Fran because you see this beautiful overhead shot of the Golden Gate, and you know you you what everyone and I understand why they didn't, but everyone's specifically mad about this trailer because they the Venom trailer shows no Venom whatsoever there's no shot of the symbiote grasping on tom hardy aka eddie brock there's there's none of that you you do see the symbiote and i will say that you do see it Um, there is a scene where they open up like it looks like it's in a canister of some sort like they found it and it's now housing it in this top secret location so it's clear it's going to be like doctors and labs and all sorts of shit involved and obviously somehow eddie brock tom hardy's going to come into that you don't know how you don't see him merging or or connecting or bonding you don't you don't see anything no and it's really interesting because like i've seen a lot of people already you know of course the pre-haters you know there's always haters just so mad i mean i thought the trailer was whack but just the trailer was whack but that does it's not indicative of the whole movie we got to see a real trailer for that this was a teaser that's another thing yeah And it's also just interesting to me how people are like, well, you know, Venom relates to Spider-Man. And so if Venom doesn't relate to Spider-Man, this movie's bullshit. And I'm like, yo, dog, nobody cares. Like, Nobody nobody cares. And first and foremost, there will be no no Spider-Man. They they made it clear months and months ago, maybe even almost, well, yeah, last year now, there will be no Spider-Man, at least in the first Venom movie at all. Nope. And so just like, let's see what happens. You know, maybe they can tell a dope story with the symbiote that made sense without Spider-Man. Maybe, be, maybe me not. But going on these rants about how it's wet because, you know, uh, and then, you know, like, it's like, you haven't even read the comics, you know. Nobody cares, bro. I have and I don't care, you know. And I have a question. In the comics, why, in, the, in the cartoons, well, maybe even both, in the cartoon and the comics, how old was Eddie in relation to uh, uh, Peter? Was Eddie that much old? Like, was he like adult or was he college? Like, I don't remember. Okay, in the original Venom, when he's first introduced, Eddie Brock is definitely older than Peter Parker. But basically what it is is that he was a reporter at the Bugle with Parker and he never gets shine because Parker always gets the dope shots to Spider-Man because he is Spider-Man. Well, right. But I'm talking about an age because also when you think about it, this Venom, this, this Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom is a grown-ass man. And Sony Spider-Man is is a is a kid. Well, yeah, it's interesting because it seems like the way that they're telling this story, it's not gonna have that where Eddie hates Peter. 
Well, it can't, but I mean, just coming into him. Well, I guess Peter's fighting adults anyway. He, 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 you know, he fought. Um, Shit, yeah, he just fought that old. The vulture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I was curious as to how, it, I asked that because I was curious as to how it, it related to the comics. But that being said, I, I, I didn't say that, that it has to be that because it doesn't. Like the canon's not really 100% important here. What's important is to see how that they draft this new story, how Tom yep. Hardy, Hardy actually portrays Eddie Brock. Tom Hardy is a hell of an actor, so I don't have an issue with that. But I I, I get people's being upset about not seeing any type of venom whatsoever or oh, any yeah. suits or anything. But at the same time, I don't... I, it's also Sony. It's a, tr- it's a teaser. Even though it was a boring teaser, teaser it's a trailer teaser. And Sony is holding the cards close. So... Let's see what happens during the real trailer and and going forward. Yeah, for real. I mean, because I'm still hyped. Like you said, it's Tom Hardy. It looks really dark, and I want it to be that. You know, I'm hoping they go like, because there's some really ill Venom tales where it gets really dark, and I hope they go that route. So, you know, wait and see. I mean, being basically being taken over by an alien yes. species is incredibly dark on its head. Mm-hmm. So I like them going into, you know, coming from a dark perspective. Some people are even saying, oh, it might be a horror. I don't think they're going that route, but they're definitely going dark. I think there's going to be horrific moments in it. And, yeah. And I don't think you need Spider-Man. Like, I understand in the comics that's the story, but I don't feel like you need that. Like you just said, being taken over by this alien and this alien, you know, and the reaction with the human that it's inhabiting, I want to see that. That's right. the interesting story. And the main point that I really want to get come across is everyone is not you, meaning not everyone who's the mainstream and all these other people who are watching this know about the comic, know about the character, know what or who Venom even is. So you can't sit there and say, well, it better show this and it should show that. You know, you know, it kind of doesn't matter <laughs> because the money is not coming only from the people who know the canon and all that stuff. It's coming from everywhere. And that's, especially when they're, they're trying to make this standalone and, and potentially make a new franchise out of it, they're going to want to ha- let Venom stand on by himself, at least initially. Word. Word up, you know, and like, you know, just wait and see, man. Don't be all, you know, and don't be the comic book dude. That's what I just don't like. You know, I've read just as many as not more, but I'm not going to sit there and bring that up because it doesn't matter. People just want to go see a good two hour movie and be in, enjoy themselves. They don't need to have read all these comics that we have. Right. And also in some other comic trailers. Now, this was pretty lit. The Jessica Jones season two trailer dropped and... You know, Jessica Jones is the only one like that. Well, and I've never watched any of them more than once, but Jessica Jones is one that I never wanted to see that first season again because I thought it was that good and that horrifying and fuck the Purple Man and everything he stands for. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so Jessica Jones season two drops March 8th. And this, wow. Yeah, so it's right around the corner. Uh, this trailer, this new trailer actually goes into Jessica's origin as with all her powers, how she got them, where she came from. You get to see more of her of her friend getting pretty much one step closer to Hellcat. You have more of connection to the MCU. Um, as you know, the, the Netflix series always have mentioned some type of connection to MCU, but like even in the trailer, like a kid asked Jessica if she knew Captain America. So I thought that was cool. So we may we may get more of that. And in general, it's just a lot of drama. And it wouldn't be Jessica Jones without some drama. So I, I think it'll be good. And and Jessica Jones was in a, the first season was amazing. And I'm looking forward to more. 
I still think Jessica Jones is my favorite of the, you know, like at least first season of Netflix series. I think Jessica Jones. My my favorite's still Daredevil season one. Wow. Hands down. Hmm. Hands I like down. season two. Season two. I like. I, I love season yeah. two, but season one had the whole way. True. Season. Yeah, it did. It did. So. It, yeah. yeah. But season- I mean, season season two, it was getting a little weird with some of the electric stuff. Like, I I can't lie. It was it, it was losing me a little. Yeah. Bit. See, I like the electric stuff in that. I hated it in Defenders, but in Daredevil, I loved Electra and I loved the Punisher, and you know that was the lick, and you know in Daredevil season two. And when Kingpin mm. showed up on that surprise, oh man, yeah, yeah, that Ooh. was that was that was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, But uh, yeah, Jessica Jones is, is up there. It, it's thank God it's no Iron Fish, so I think you'll enjoy. Yeah, it. and it's interesting because the uh, Purple Man is supposed to be coming back for this, but spoiler alert, no, yeah, like no. he's. I mean, in the trailer no. they hint at it, and he's already he has been cast, but what? yeah, I mean, you know, spoiler alert for the first season, he got killed. And, right, that's why I'm like, wait, what? Well, like, if you watch at the end of the trailer, she's like, what did they do to us? And she's standing in a purple room, and then she sees some hands clapping. Right, but I thought they were f- maybe from a woman's hand. Uh, like, uh, not in a purple room. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's I, I, I swore I thought it was another woman, but okay. Yeah, no, they, I mean, he's definitely cast. I think he's... In a lot of episodes, I didn't look up the IMDb, but he's in a lot of joints, and he's part of the main cast for the second season. So, hmm, yeah. interesting. Very, very. Uh, interesting. All, um, also related to comic books, but actually on a sad note, rest hmm. in power to Reg E. Kathy. He is actually going to be playing Luke Cage's dad in the upcoming season two of Netflix's Luke Cage. Um, You should know who this guy is because he's been in everything for years. He's been in Oz. He's been in The Wire. Uh, Also, most recently, he was in, he's played Freddy on House of Cards for, like, from the beginning, he's been around. And, I mean, he's even done a lot of voice acting work as well. I know he he did a voice acting on a Star Wars video game. But um, he, Reg, was pretty much legendary. And so to lose him, I believe he was 49. He died uh, compli- due to cancer, uh, complications due to cancer. So, um, you know, another reason why, you know, cancer, that big C really is that scourge. And we definitely tell everybody, you know, to get their checkups and, and do all their whatever tests and and just be on it. Because, you know, a lot this this thing takes people like that. I mean, for as, real. As we know personally, Um so, uh, you know, rest in power to Reg, and, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing his role in, in Luke Cage. Definitely. And, I mean, it's like you said, it's just way too young, you know, for him because he is such a talented actor. And I felt like he never got, you know, like that role where everyone knows him, you know, that he mm-hmm. deserved. Like, he definitely has his, you know, like, I mean... I remember when he came on Oz, I was scared as shit of that dude. Like, <laughs> like when he walked into the prison, I was like, yo, who is this? And then when he opens his mouth and that voice comes out, it was just like, wow, you know? So definitely rest in peace, man. I can't wait to see Luke Cage season two. I know, you know, that he did a fantastic job. And, if you know, as a last role, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Oh, that really hurts, though. But, man, you know, we got to end this on a hype note. Like we say, this is the week. You know, shout-outs to everyone out there. 
please, you know, hit us up. Send us your reactions. Send us video from them screenings wherever you are in the world. We want to see how you feel. We want to hear how you feel about Black Panther. We are just as hype as y'all are. Next week, you know, on the show, we'll talk in depth about everything. <laughs> I mean, everything. You have all. Ben, I mean, did you have any comic book recommendations? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, real quick on the comic side cop tip. Shout out to Wicked and Divine, which dropped their uh, 1923 special this week which is another in the specials that they've been doing when the regular series is on break. And this one, for those who've been reading, the 1923 pan- uh, Pantheon of Gods was actually featured in the very first issue. Mm. And this tells their story and what happened to them. Do not, someone asked me this week if they could buy it if they weren't caught up. Do not. Like, if you're not caught up on the regular series, don't buy this yet. I mean, buy mm. it now, but don't read it yet. Because... It, it will spoil so much. Like this one is just straight up like telling you everybody's motivation because, you know, it's like you've already known it. But now it's like it's it, it's hilarious. I love this issue. Oh, my God. It was, it's so comedy now. You see these characters just acting a goddamn fool now because it's like everybody knows what they're doing. So it's just so great. Yeah. That was definitely my recommendation. Recommendation, And also um, X-Men Red. I normally don't recommend Marvel books that much, especially the bigger ones like X-Men and stuff. But X-Men Red is the new team led by the new Jean Grey, who's back from the dead. And I really enjoyed this issue. Like, I can't lie. Like, I really did, you know. Jean Grey back? Yeah, Jean Grey bike, you know. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Wow. Then I know but Yeah, that. really okay. good issue. Oh, and before I forget, I talked about it last week, but I'm going to say it again. Shoutouts to Rise of the Black Panther from my brothers, Ta-Nehisi Coates and Evan Narcisse. Issue number two is in stores this week. Issue number one told you a lot about the history of Black Panther, and this continues it. I'm loving it. If you, like I said, if you're going to see the movie and you know nothing and you want to know something about Black Panther, pick up issue number one and two of Rise of the Black Panther. You'll know more than enough. Like, you know, it's like a college course in one comic book. Check it out. Word. Fan.